freeing yourself was one thing. Claiming ownership of that freed self was another. Toni Morrison. Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. And my dear ones, my writing tribe, my people, my fellow word witches, and my linguistic acrobats, fifth installment of my I and you series and it's fitting that the last I be intelligence and what I mean by intelligence is and it's based in how are you going to develop your characters how are you going to give them the humanity by which you want presented and represented in the world by which you're going to insert them. Now, I know that sounds heady. I know that sounds kind of esoteric. I know that sounds very nebulous. So let me uh, allow me a few minutes to kind of expound on that. When I say intelligence, I want you to think of, and I'm going to, I'm going to put this in Judeo-Christian terms. Think of how when God creates people, if you just put yourself in that space for a second, that he gives us certain natural abilities, certain natural talents and certain propensities, right? And then through the power of genetics, we get hair color, eye color, skin tone, all that good stuff. And even to an extent, voice, mannerisms and the like. So if we take that example, how are you going to translate that into the representation that you require in your characters how are you going to make your characters human how are you going to develop them in such a way that they will be relatable and that they will be attractive to other people to your readers and to your audience grab a snack this one's going to be deep The thing is, this concept of intelligence doesn't just apply to those writers writing cross-culturally. It also applies to the writers who decide to write, again, from experiences outside of themselves within that same culture. And as much as I don't necessarily like the title of, of quote-unquote urban fiction, I think fiction is fiction. And I think that um, saying urban fiction is kind of coded language for saying just black people read this. But I want to use it as an example really quickly. Let's just say, for example, there was uh, a girl trying to write about, um, again, this write her short story or her novel from the from the perspective 
of, you know, a drug dealer being, being in jail and his girlfriend being pregnant. Let's just, let's just say that if she has never been with a drug dealer or with, or in that kind of situation, she may have to do some kind of research for that and still may have to have someone else who has lived through that experience kind of read through that again, checking for blind spots and checking for, uh, other maybe hidden bias, hidden biases that she didn't think of. And the same thing for, let's just say there was a college educated, um, white woman that wanted to write about, um, her write a fictional story about coal mining, a family going through a coal mining in West Virginia during the depression. If that has been alien to her experience, she may have to do research again, one, and then for two, have someone who's familiar with that experience, read through that to make sure that there, again, that there are no biases and there are no tropes. And she's actually putting the characters that she wants in a place by which she can actually have them be relatable to other people. So intelligence, especially as it relates to representation, means you are taking time to realize that the story that you're going to read is going to be seen by other people. And because it's going to be seen by other people, you have to write it in a way by which is as, as true as possible. So it's not being offensive. So again, writers are readers, writers are researchers and writers are recorders. One of the special skills that allows a, a writer to be a good writer is that they acknowledge where their biases may be and try to minimize them or find out if they're even about, if they're even a bias or is this a belief system? And if it's a belief system, can this be changed or can it be changed or challenged or worked around? But the one thing I want you to take away from this concept is, again, you have everything within you to write what you need. And also there are things available to facilitate your success. One of those, uh, one of those things are what we call diversity readers and what, what a diversity reader is or cultural diversity reader is someone who literally their job is to read through manuscripts, read through, read through scripts even. And for those who decide to rock, to write cross-culturally, and tell them where their biases are, where their, where the improvement needs to be at. And also to let them know what needs to be changed and what, and how something could be rewritten in order to make the work more cohesive as it relates to representation and the representation of other people. So again, representation is work just like writing is work. So be mindful as you begin to go through the next step of your process and your journey towards completing your work. I believe in you. I trust you. Happy writing. One of the best instances I can think of, especially here lately, as it relates to this concept of intelligence is Lovecraft Country. With the success of this particular book, which I cannot recommend enough, you find Matt Ruff writing his story in a very specific time period, even with all these uh, mystical things happening around, around the characters, you still find him using vernacular, using instances, using scenarios that were applicable to black folk in that, in this Jim Crow era. The N word is used a lot. There are other slurs used a lot. It is, 
Sometimes it can be a tough read. But the one thing that I like that Matt Ruff did in writing Lovecraft Country is he didn't shy from that. However, how he constructed his characters, he made them relatable. You were involved in the story. Not that not that Matt Ruff necessarily apologizes for that vernacular. In this particular instance, he doesn't have to because you see exactly why he's using the words that he was using because, again, in this particular time period that he's writing the book, writing the story in, this was the vernacular used by racist white people against African-American people. So he's using a specific time period with specific language, with specific situations and specific people to tell a story. This is what makes intelligence important. This is what this is what makes it important and a, a crucial concept as it relates to representation. You can't just write a work out of whole cloth, especially something as intense as Lovecraft Country, and not have any sort of bones under it, if that makes any sense. One of the things that I admonish people who necessarily desire to write cross-culturally, again, uh, a quick aside here, cross-culturally or writing cross-culturally cross is something that um, friend and alumni of the show, um, Annette King of the Blurred Diva, of the Blurb Diva rather, uh, and I spoke about in her interview last season. I'll, I will uh, reference that in the show notes. The one thing that she talked about as it relates to writing cross-culturally, again, being someone who is not affiliated with a specific experience, wanting to write about a specific experience. That is what we quantify as writing cross-culturally. Annette said that it's fine that you want to do that, but you have to understand that there are other outlets available for you to seek out so that the work that you write is not basically, is not based on tropes and stereotypes. You're actually giving humanity to the people that you're creating which is always the goal of writing. The one thing that I must emphasize again as it relates to intelligence is when you construct these characters, somebody eventually as they read your work will identify with this particular person. They will identify with this particular experience. That is what makes writing wholly relatable and difficult at the same time. And one of my favorite quotes by F. F. Scott Fitzgerald is that writers are not one person. They're multiple, they're, um, multiple people and multiple worlds trying to be one person. And in that, you have to understand that there will be, there are certain things that are common to the human experience, love, loss, lust, um, grief, anger, envy. Some, there are certain emotions and uh, tying situations that provoke those emotions that are common across, across the human diaspora. What makes them more specific is when you begin to laser focus on specific groups and how they may mourn or how they love or how they choose to express anger and vengeance and jealousy and revenge, those types of things. And even as it relates to the horror genre, you know, what necessarily makes somebody scared? And again, for um, a shameless plug once more yet again, and still listen to the, listen to uh, my sister Tanya Ransom's podcast, Night Like the Black Horror Podcast for all your scary adventures and the representation that that they are that she is holding on that particular piece of Beyonce's internet for those of us who like things that go bump in the night. 
the thing that is key to remember about intelligence that it does so deeply correspond and correlate to representation. Too often BIPOC writers, especially black writers are marginalized to the point that all the characters that we see sometimes, especially in, in film and, and sometimes more often in books, we're not given that proper humanity. We're written out of tropes, especially out of, especially from, um, writers who aren't necessarily familiar with the African-American experience. And some of that is not necessarily to their detriment or their fault because most writers write what they know. But the thing is, there needs to be more writers and more voices and more stories being told that feature us in the roles and spaces and situations that we see people who look like ourselves in. There is nothing wrong with that. What becomes wrong or what becomes treacherous is when people push against that, when they think that it doesn't matter how these people, how this black person is represented in this particular, in this particular story, or how this indigenous person is represented in this story, or how this uh, Latinx person is represented in this story. It doesn't matter how you depict them. It does matter. It will always matter. Because again, because reading is so, is again, common along this human experience, someone will pick up a book that they believe they can find themselves in. Even if, even if it's a, you know, a trashy summer beach read, someone will pick up your book and, and because either they think that they can be entertained by it and informed by it or be represented by it. Intelligence as it relates to the, the development of your characters, the development of your setting, the development of the scenarios and scenarios and situations that they find themselves in will always matter. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blog. <laughs>